morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to Genesee Valley Church's online podcast. GVC is a non-denominational church in Flint, Michigan, and our mission is simple. To love God, love people, and love life. I know that you will be blessed by the message and the words that God has for you today. Now, here's Pastor Tony. Funny, I know it's a little bit of a long intro, but man, how many of you can relate to that? And I'm telling you what, whether you realize it or not, that is so descriptive of people today. It's so descriptive of the church today in the sense of that there is all these things that we feel bombarded with, overwhelmed with, that we struggle with, and it just seems to consume us in our life. Amen? And, and it's just time to stop it. Can you say amen? Can you say it with me? Say, stop it. <laughs> it's time to stop it. And the reason that we are dealing with that is because of the time and the hour that we are living in. In fact, for that matter, you might be feeling overwhelmed. You might feel like you're overloaded in life. You might think like nothing makes sense anymore. But I'm here to tell you, there's a reason for why you feel the way that you do. And you're not crazy. You're not a kook. You're not losing your mind. The fact of the matter is, is that we are living in the last days and the two-minute warning clock is ticking. Amen? If you recall, we started our new series last Sunday, and we won't have time to review it, so if you want to go back, you can listen to it. But the point of the matter is, is the hour in which we're living in, it is the two-minute warning, or in other words, we could say it this way, Jesus is coming soon, right? And so all these things that we're dealing with, that we're going through, it's really for a purpose, You might think, man, I just feel like I'm losing my mind. No, the whole thing and the whole reason behind why we feel the way that we do, the things that we're experiencing, is because we are in a war. There is a spiritual war that is taking place right now, and the enemy is doing all that he can to try to distract, to deceive, to disguise, to discourage, to defeat us as God's people. Right? Can anybody relate to just the schizophrenic feeling of life sometimes. Well, once again, it's a strategy of the enemy. The enemy is continually uh, endeavoring to leave us feeling hopeless in this life. And I can't tell you how many people that I come in contact with that they feel like they're living life and it's hopeless. And I'm here to tell you, you're not by yourself. Now, my intent is not to focus on what the enemy is doing or just the fact or saying that he's successful. No, we're on the winning side. But if we don't know what we're up against, then we don't know how to combat the enemy and find victory in our lives, right? The Bible tells us over in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, it says that the enemy is strategically working in our lives to the point of where we find ourselves not being able to control our thoughts, their arguments within our minds. Well, will God do? Will he not do? Can I trust God? Can I not trust God? It doesn't seem like God's failed me, let me down. And then the Bible says that he consistently bombards your mind with thoughts to the point that it becomes a stronghold in your life. 
So in other words, what happens as you begin to have this life that is repetitive, that it seems as though it begins to create a pattern in your thought life and everything that you begin to see, whether it's your family, whether it's your, your, your work, whether it's your health, whether it's your, your financial stability, everything begins to develop in this pattern and it all seems hopeless. And the whole purpose is for the enemy to bombard you and to, to get you on this miracle round to where you don't look at the faithfulness and the goodness of God. Man, I'm telling you, I was about ready to leap out of my skin when we were singing about that song, that God is moving and he'll do it again. Amen. He'll move the mountain. Praise God. God is faithful. We've got to... We've got to understand that God cares about us and he is faithful to the end. And he's not brought us to the end to be beaten up, beat down. He says, when I come back, I'm coming for a glorious church, one without spot or wrinkle. So in other words, he's coming back for winners. He's coming back for victors. He's coming back with those that have conquered. Amen? He's not coming back for a group of people or a family that's just dragging along and limping along and barely making it. No, he's coming back for champions. Amen? Are you a champion this morning? I don't know if you are, but I know that that's what God says I am. And the Bible says this. It says that there are those that sit in darkness. And those that sit in darkness have no hope. Well, do you realize, well, first of all, the Scripture is talking about those that are apart from Christ. That apart from having Christ in their life, they're sitting in darkness and have no hope. But have you ever experienced it that you know that I've received Christ. I've got the light of God in me, but I have been sitting in a dark corner for a very long time. And everything around me just seems to be so dark. Even though we're believers, even though we've got the light of God on the inside of us, we can get to a place that we retreat and retract and find ourselves discouraged and defeated, that we're sitting in darkness. And even though we've got the light of God on the inside of us, we don't have any hope. I said we don't have hope. How many of you know hope is extremely important? Come on, say it with me. Say, I've got hope. Amen. See, when you lose hope, you lose faith. I said, when you lose your hope, you lose the ability to live by faith because hope is the energy or the source of strength to faith. The Bible says, uh, it says uh, for without faith, it's impossible to please God. But it says, now, faith is also the substance of things hoped for. Well, when you lose hope, your faith don't work anymore. When you're looking at situations that seem uh, just simply uh, impossible, when you feel like you've gotten into a place where uh, I'm just disappointed, I just, I'm, I'm defeated, you no longer look at things from the positive side of life, but from the negative. Come on, am I talking to anybody in here this morning? Because... All of us experience this and maybe at times go through the ups and downs of life. You go through the highs, you go through the lows. Maybe they call that bipolar Christianity, right? The ups and the downs. I ought to preach a message on that. Bipolar Christianity. Well, that's true. 
We go up and we go down. But when we're in those down moments, we don't have the ability to see the goodness of God to get us through. Because all we see is what is around us. All we see is our circumstances, right? And so God's wanting us to get to a place where we begin to walk by faith and not by sight. Here's the thing. We are in the two-minute warning. It's time to stand up. It's time to get up. It's time to come back into the light and get our hope restored in God. Amen. Because we are in the last two minutes, and it's time to hunker down. It's time to give it all we got. It's time to do what God's called us to do, not lay down, feel sorry for ourselves. It's time to get up and change the landscape of our surroundings. Amen? Why? Because God has put something on the inside of us. He says, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So if he's greater in you, that makes you greater. Amen. That means any circumstance that we're facing, we have the ability to overcome. You know, when you think about it, we relayed this idea of the two-minute warning as to the two minutes left in a game, right? In a football game, there's the last two minutes. And when they have those last two minutes, you're not playing with the expectation to be defeated. In those last two minutes... You are playing for victory. In the last two minutes, you are playing to win. So in those last two minutes, if you're playing to win, laying it all on the line, that means that victory is obtainable. I said victory is obtainable. God's called us to win. Hope wins. Amen. So when you begin to have hope on the inside you begin to have a winning attitude. When hope is gone, you'll see everything from a position or place of defeat. When you don't have hope, you won't be able to engage your faith. You won't walk by faith. You'll walk by the flesh or the natural man or the emotions of a man. And depending on whether it's a good day, it might be a good day emotionally. But if it's a bad day, everything is bad. God wants us to have hope. Here's what the Bible says in Romans chapter 15, verse 13. It says, Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing or having faith that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Notice that again. It says, may the God of hope fill you with joy and peace. Come on. Is your joy full this morning? Are you just full of joy? Is it bubbling over? Are you finding yourself that you've got peace of mind, peace in your heart, peace in your home? If there's no peace, if there's no joy, if you're going around and you're feeling like you just are, are, are next to death, I'm here to tell you hope is fleeting fast. And it's, in t- it's an important time to get uh, hope stirred back up. Because he is the God of hope. And when hope comes, joy comes. When hope comes, peace comes. Now, did you notice that the Bible didn't say that circumstances change when hope comes? Man, you can be facing the most challenging obstacle in your life, but still have hope. You can be going through the worst time in your life, naturally speaking, but still have peace and joy and a smile on your face. 
because he says, hope thou in God. Come on, our God is faithful. That's the God that we serve. Now, if you recall, the Bible tells us a story. Jesus, in Jesus' ministry, the, the, the story of the woman with the issue of blood. We've shared this story and example many times, but to the point of what we're talking about concerning hope and the idea of being in this last season before Jesus comes and getting our hope stirred up and getting our grit back to fight the fight of faith and do what God's called us to do. To look at that woman with the issue of blood, she was a woman much like us and gone through natural circumstances just like us. The Bible says that she was sick for 12 years and sought to be well. How many of you seek to be well when you're not feeling well? Absolutely. Well, I just believe God. Good for you. But if I don't feel good, I'm going to go get an aspirin. I'm going to seek to get well on the natural side, and then I'm going to release my faith and pray for myself to feel better. But here's this woman, and she's seeking all the physicians that are known in that day. Come on, has anybody ever went to a doctor that was referred to you and said, oh, this is a good doctor? And so you went there because of the referral? Well, this was that woman. She went to all the doctors that could, could possibly help her, spent all her money to the point of poverty, and did not get better. Now, think about just life in, in, as a whole. It may not be just physical health. It might be your financial situation. It might be your marital situation. It might be your, your mental health. And you're thinking, man, I have done everything that I could possibly do. I've exhausted all my options. I went to this doctor and I got hope, thinking that they could help me. And then they said no. And I went to this doctor and I got a little bit of hope because this person referred me and they got better. So I got some hope, but they didn't help me. And I went from doctor to doctor to doctor. And, and hope would rise up every time, but I would get discouraged Every time I would see him, and you can only imagine that hope began to diminish doctor after doctor after doctor. And then the Bible tells us that she started to hear about Jesus. How many of you think that she instantly got hope? Man, I've went to everyone that anybody has ever told me about. And I've heard of people getting better, but in my case, I didn't. You've got to understand that she didn't get hope right from the beginning. Because she was sick, was staying sick, didn't have any money left, and she exhausted all the means that she had available to her. But the Bible says that she continued to hear about Jesus. She kept hearing the words about this one that was doing good and healing people. And she continued to hear the words spoken concerning this man named Jesus. And there came a point in the time where she heard it one too many times and there was a glimmer of hope that rised up on the inside. All of a sudden, rather than sitting in darkness, she stood up. And then she heard again a little bit more about this man named Jesus. And she didn't only just stand up, she started to ponder and think about what if... See, hope started to come the moment she started to hear about Jesus and consistently hear about Jesus. 
And the only way that you'll be able to obtain hope or experience peace or joy is to get connected with God's word in your life. Because upon hearing God's word and his love and his promise to you, that is the only way that hope will come. I want you to hear that this morning. The only way that you'll experience hope is to begin to be connected to God's word. The only way that you'll stop the hopelessness is to be able to understand that it is God's word that gives you hope. Now, I know what you're thinking. You're saying, well, if I had a little bit more money, I'd have hope. No, you you just have a change of scenery for a little bit, and you'd go right back to the way it was. Well, if I was feeling a little bit better, I'd have some hope. No, you would just feel better for a moment. But you'd have that nagging, lingering thought, well, what if I get sick again? Well, if my husband or wife treated me a little bit better, I might have some hope. No, you wouldn't have hope. You might just, you might just start to start acting ugly again because something changed on their side. So you went back to your old self. And then once you went back to your old self, they go back to their old self. Right? I said, the only thing that will stop the harassment of the enemy, that will stop the hopelessness in your life, is the Word of God. Everybody say, stop it. Stop it. Amen. Why do we want it to stop? Because we are in the last two-minute warning of this season before Jesus comes home. And it's time for us to get healthy. It's time for us to come to a place where we're walking in hope and having faith so that we can begin to change the landscape of our community amen now concerning that woman with the issue of blood as we see her hearing the words and the words that they were hearing or that she heard rather was of the goodness and the faithfulness of God and what she heard is the same things that we hear today when we read the Bible that Jesus went about healing people that he was doing good that he loved on people And so when she began to hear, faith started to come back up. But do you know when hope begins to come back up and it begins to take root? Because we said with hope, it brings joy and peace. Do you know when you'll find that you actually are experiencing joy and peace? It's when it affects your mouth. You see... All of us are facing mountains in our life. And before the power of God moves the mountain, it's got to move your mouth first. And she heard the words of Jesus, the testimonies of Jesus, and hope began to arise. But then the Bible says that she said, if I only get where Jesus is. You see, it moved her to the point that hope came, but when she started to have peace of mind and joy, it's when she started to talk about it. Woo, if I just get where Jesus is. If I just get where, if I can touch him, I've got it. Amen? So see, the word of God will begin to affect our heart to where we'll begin to have hope, but then that hope begins to change the way we talk. And that is such a crucial part of guarding what you say. And I'm going to put somebody on the spot. Let me have that microphone real quick. She didn't know I was going to ask. I was hoping she'd be here today. Doris, can I have you come up for just a minute? I won't have you preach or anything. I won't have you quote scripture or sing a song. Well, would you like to see her sing this morning? Yeah. 
Come on, how many of you like to have her sing? All right. <laughs> Can you just take that for a moment? Sure. <laughs> All right, so the reason that I had her. Now, do I have anybody else out in the audience that is Spanish-speaking? Anybody? No? Okay. So, Doris is very fluent. Her first language is Spani Spanish, right? Yes. Am I saying that right? Yes, Spanish. Spanish. <laughs> Sometimes you wonder, like, is it Hispanic? Is it Spanish? Is it Mexican? How do I say it? So Spanish, that's your first language, correct? Correct. And you speak English as well, very well, since you've been here. Now, if you can do me a favor, can you speak Spanish and English at the same time for us this morning? I at the exact same time, Spanish and English. I can't. <laughs> you can't? No. Is that impossible to do? Yeah. It is. Oh, praise the Lord. <laughs> I was hoping you'd say that. Uh, that's all I needed. Come on, can you give her a hand? <laughs> so that was a natural example of somebody that knows two different languages or can, can talk two different ways, but she just told you it is physically impossible to talk two languages at the same time. If you're in faith and in hope, you cannot talk the winning side and defeat at the same time. Amen. So you're going to have to choose sides. You're going to have to choose whose report are you going to believe. Are you going to believe God or are you going to believe how you feel? Are you going to trust God or are you going to trust how you feel? And see, when you get to the point where the word of God builds up on the inside of you, where you trust what he says to you, it will begin to change your words. I'm here to tell you, if your words have not changed to line up with the way God thinks, you're not quite yet there. That's why so many people are discouraged in life. Because they're hoping and wishing. Wishing and hoping. But hoping hasn't crossed over into faith yet. Where they're saying what God says. The woman says, if I get there and I just touch him, I got it. I said, God wants to move your mountain, but he's going to move your mouth first. Amen? In fact, he's not going to move the mountain. You're going to move the mountain with your mouth. And man, that just blesses me. Because that tells us that the mountain is movable. Come on, Mark 11, 23 and 24. See, a mountain seems so impossible. Seems like, man, I'm just defeated and discouraged and I'm just whooped. But see, we don't fight from a defeated side. We fight from a winning side. We're already champions because we are his victory. Amen. The Bible says that we are the fragrance of his victory. Amen. Come on, now, now I'm not going to point anybody out this morning, and please don't point to anybody in church, but you know those people that they wear that perfume, and it is so stinking offensive. It stinks, right? And you walk into the room, you're like, oh, so-and-so is here, right? Where are they at? <laughs> right? You know what I'm talking about? Come on, that's you and me. You got the fragrance of Christ's victory on us. And everywhere that you go, you've got his victory on you. Amen. You brute you. Remember old brute? I used to steal dad's brute. What, the, what was that green stuff? Uh, no, not Old Spice. What was the green stuff? What was it called? Brute was the green, but what was the other one? No, not Stetson. 
English, was, no, it wasn't English leather. Oh, uh, I don't know. I can see the bottle. But anyways, praise God. You know what I'm talking about. My dad said no. He still wears it. <laughs> Back in 1973, he bought the big gallon jug of it. He still uses it today. <laughs> no. <laughs> See, that stuff gets sour and kind of rancid after a while. You know, you got to kind of replenish it, buy some new stuff. <laughs> no. Yeah. no, praise the Lord. He always smells good. Amen. <laughs> so I said to you, the word of God is what gives you hope. And God has spoken to me, uh, spoken to me a, a scripture that has just lit me up. And this is my declaration for this year. I shared it last week, I believe, with our, our group of, of leaders before church. But it's in Amos chapter 9, starting in verse 13. It says, yes, indeed. It won't be long now. God decrees. Things are going to happen so fast that your head will swim. One thing fast on the heels of another. You won't be able to keep up. Everything will be happening at once. And everywhere you look, blessings. Blessings like wine pouring off the mountain and the hills. I'm making everything right again for my people. Until uh, they rebuild the ruined cities. They'll plant vineyards and drink good wine. They'll work in the gardens and eat fresh vegetables. And, all, and I'll plant them. Plant them on their own land. They'll never again be uprooted from the land that I've given them. God, your God, says so. Amen. We're rooted in immovable. God's planted us here to do a work. And God says, I'll rebuild, I'll, I'll do it so fast you won't even be able to keep track of it all. Right. That's, this, that's my year. I don't know about your year. I don't know what kind of year you're wanting, but that's my year. Things happening real quick this year. Things, what, what God said in the past is now coming down the heels of another thing and another thing. And it's moving quickly because of the faithfulness of God. Amen. And the devil's going to try to uproot. He's going to try to mess. But no, I'm, I'm, un, I'm unshakable. I'm planted because of God's faithfulness. My wife, she's, God gave her a scripture this year. Just, just this past week while we were out of town, Isaiah 61, verse 7. It says, for your shame, you shall have double. And for your confusion, they shall rejoice in their, their portion. Therefore, in their land, they shall possess the double. Everlasting joy shall be upon them. Woo, praise God. Double. Double's coming, praise God. And did you know that the scripture says any time that the devil messes with you, the Bible says that he's the thief that comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And the Bible says when the thief is caught, he has to restore sevenfold. It's time to say, stop it. It's time to say, no more. You're going to restore, but you're restoring double, buddy. You're restoring seven over. It's my time to flourish. It's my time to win because I've got the victory. It's the last two minutes. We're not going out defeated. We're going out on top. Amen. Praise God. What's God speaking to your heart? If those spoke to your hearts, grab hold of them and say, that's mine as well. And let it give you hope. And let it produce faith. Amen. Let's close with this. I want, why don't we stand? Just with your eyes closed, let's get your hearts ready.
Let's get ready to say some things because I said once you truly begin to have hope, hope begins to move your mouth. Jordan, just to kind of give you some direction, if it's possible, that third song, there's the bridge part where it says you'll move the mountain, you'll do it again. I don't know if you have the ability to, to get right there. If you can, once we get done, I want us to sing that song together. Amen? Let's say this together. Say, I can't be defeated. I will not quit. God is on my side. I'm loved by God. I'm a success, not a failure. I have the victory in every situation. My situation's turning. I have hope. I have peace. I have joy. My mountain's moving. My money's moving through me, to me. And I get God's best in 2019. The best is yet to come. Praise God. Now, when I said money moving through me and to me, you got a little quiet. Come on, you believe God could move money in your life? Come on, that's not the time to get squeamish. That's the time when we can let hope arise and exercise faith. And I've got some awesome things I want to just share with you. I was going to share that offer time. I'm like, no, I'll save that for next week. But God is a mountain-moving God. I'm not defeated. I cannot quit. I'm a winner. I'm not a loser. I'm a fighter. Praise the Lord. And we always win. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here this morning and you heard me talking about hope, and about being on the winning side and being, being in the family of God. But if you're here this morning and you would say, I don't know that I'm on that family or that winning team. Maybe you'll say, I've never received Christ into my life. But I want to be on that winning team. I want to know that today I can have hope. Would you just raise your hand? Would you say, that's me. I want to know and be a part of that kind of a team. Anybody in this place that says, I want to know Jesus. I see that hand. Amen. I see that hand. Praise God. I see that hand. Anybody else? I see that hand over there. Anybody else that say, I want to be on the winning team and I want to know that this is my day. I see that hand, young lady. Praise God. Anybody else? You say, this is my hour. This is my day. I'm going to be on the winning team and I'm going to choose today. This is my day. Anybody in this place? Anybody else? Anybody else? Raise it high if you haven't already. Praise God. All right, I'm going to lead you in a prayer. If you wish you would have raised your hand, you can still pray this prayer. God, God's not looking at the hand raised. He's looking at the heart that cries out to Him. Let's pray this prayer in Jesus' name. Father, in the name of Jesus, pray it with me. Father, in the name of Jesus, I come to you now. Everybody, let's pray. And I receive you the gift of salvation, the gift of Jesus Christ. I thank you for dying on the cross, for doing what you could only do forgiving my sin I ask you into my heart I ask you to be my Lord my Savior give me hope in Jesus name thank you that I am now on the winning team in Jesus name Amen Amen Don't forget to 
subscribe to this podcast and take a look at all of our social media sites, which can be found at our website, gvchurch.tv. We know that today's message has been a blessing to you. Thanks for listening. We are Genesee Valley Church, loving God, loving people, and loving life.